This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Bleeding on the Page. The piece we're performing today is called I Didn't Do It. It's written by Max Bardsley, Samuel Jones and Daniel Ward. And it is performed by those very same people. With additional sound design and mixing by Ollie McAuley. Testing, testing, testing. Jerry, we've already tested it. You you don't have to. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. It's my first time doing an interview, so... Oh, my God, really? That's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I really appreciate being Uh, here. Jerry, we need to remain professional. They're going to listen back to this in court. Sorry. This interview is commencing at West Sussex Police Station at 5.59pm. Present in the room is the suspect, Chris Barking, myself, Detective Chief Inspector Beale, and Detective Constable Lewis. Jerry Lewis. What, like the actor? There's an actor called Jerry Lewis. You haven't heard of Jerry Lewis? Professor Frank from The Simpsons. What, Jerry Lewis plays Professor Frank from The Simpsons? Uh, no, he doesn't play Professor Frank. He's more of an homage to oh, Jerry, you can't go around talking about Simpsons on here. Oh, Unless sorry. The Simpsons are somehow involved in this case. Well, they're not! I will remind you, Mr. Barking, that you have the right to have a solicitor present during this interview, but you have chosen at this time to decline any legal representation. Why would I need a lawyer? I'm innocent. Oh, well, if he's innocent, why are we even here? Well, I mean, he we might just... not be innocent, Jerry. Am, am I not innocent until proven guilty? Oh, that's a really good point, actually. Uh, Mr. Barking, I understand you are a tree surgeon. Yes, that's correct. Could you say that louder for the tape, please? Yes, I am a tree surgeon. But I was surprised to find that you run and own a paper mill. What's so surprising about that? Could you repeat that for the tape as well? No, he doesn't need to. What's so surprising? He said it loud enough. Oh, I thought it was... Mr Barking, did did you find it difficult to nurture, love and grow these trees before cutting them up into tiny flaps and selling them to little Johnny to scribble crayon drawings all over them? No more difficult than a common farmer finds slaughtering his prized pig for its suckling meat. And what is your favourite meat, Mr. Barking? That's an irrelevant question. Well, Don't I answer I'd like that. To know. He'd like no, to I want to. Let's I want see to. Who wants to? I like lamb. <gasps> oh yeah, I love lamb. There's a place around the corner called Steam. They do a terrific lamb. <gasps> oh, I have to go. Oh, I'll write that in my police notebook. Actually. Right. If DC Lewis is finished with his line of questioning, mm-hmm. I'll return to the matter at hand. Right. Vanessa Birch, Peter Oakman, Jordan Piner, Larry Root. Any of these names ringing any bells for you, Mr. Barking? No, I don't recognise them. They're all paper mill owners. <laughs> what? 
Don't keep up with the competition, Barking. I prefer to keep focused on my own trees. Well, they would like to keep focused on their own trees, but someone has gone and nicked them all. You can't be serious. Don't scoff, Chris. Tree theft is something we take very seriously. And in the last month, we've had nine trees going missing. Uh, for the record, DCI Beale has placed a photo of trees on the table. I didn't do it. Because we went down to your tree yard barking, and we encountered many of the missing trees right there. DCI Beale has placed more trees on the table. It wasn't me. We also have your footprints at the crime scene, which correlate with the same brand of shoe that you own. DCI Beale is now placing a second picture of a boot on the table. I for am the tape. innocent. For the tape. Additionally, we have witness reports from the scene of the crime, which place you there at exactly the time that these trees supposedly went missing. DCI Beale is now pointing aggressively. It wasn't me. And finally, we have Mr. Oakland's wildlife camera, which captured footage of you digging up one of his trees and placing it in a bag filled with other stolen trees. For the tape, a bit of snot came out of DCI Beale's you nose. You don't need to describe everything, Jerry. I couldn't have done that. I've been set up. Come on, Chris. We have the facts. They're all there. Just admit it. It'll be easier for you if you just come clean now. Have you been stealing trees, son? Okay, fine. I stole those trees, I admit it. I'm afraid that's a £350 fine, Chris. Alright, that's fine. I can pay that. Well then, case uh, closed. Actually, uh, DCI Beale, would it be okay to ask a couple of questions of my own. Well, we have sort of admitted it oh, now. Come on, please, humour me. No, no, humor. no, it's, it's fine. Go on, Jerry, ask Great. away. Thank you. Um, I was wondering if this picture meant anything to you. For the tape, DC Lewis has shown the suspect a picture of a crab. Well, uh, I assume it's a crab? Yeah, that's right. This picture was taken this morning in your tree yard. Bit odd, crab in a tree yard. How do you think it got there? Jerry, I failed to see how this is relevant. Uh, no, no, Chris, would you please answer the question? I wouldn't... I wouldn't know how that got there. Because we had a marine biologist check it out, and what we found out is that this specific species of crab only has one habitat, Lake Newberry, two hours' drive away from your tree yard, Chris. Well, I fail to see what this has to do with my tree theft. Yeah. Yes, and so do I, as a matter of have fact. Have you ever been to Lake Newberry? I can't say I have. It's very lovely. Unless you're Mrs. Sampson, of course, who discovered the body of Aki Bayani yesterday morning. For the tape, DC Lewis has now placed a picture of a deceased Asian male in his 20s. What? What, what was, is this? What, what were you doing Saturday night, Chris? I was watching The Simpsons. Oh, cool. What episode? Uh, um, the one with Michael Jackson. A happy birthday, Lisa. Yeah, that that's, that's mm, the one. Okay. Oh, and what was this? TV, box set? It was just on the television. Solid alibi, mate, but I keep coming back to this crab. What was it doing in your tree yard? I told you, I don't know. Hey, hey, it's okay. I believe you. But let me help you out, because I know how it got there. You see, we did a lot of tests on that crab. We found fabric fibers in between its crabby little pincers. This fabric is a 100% match with the trousers found in your bedroom. DC Lewis is showing a picture of the suspect's trousers. So, are you sure you weren't at the lake? This is ridiculous. This evidence is circumstantial at best. We also found this at the crime scene. DC Lewis is showing the suspect a picture of a half-eaten lamb chop. You did say you liked lamb, didn't you? It's in forensics right now. 
Are you going to tell me that it won't match with the lamb chops they prepare at steam? This is ridiculous. Absolutely incredulous. Lies. I tell you all lies. Of course, Aki Bayami wasn't the first Asian man to go missing this month. He's one of nine. For the tape, DC Lewis has placed numerous pictures of young Asian men on the table. How many trees were stolen, DCI Beale? Um, nine. Nine trees were stolen. Nine bodies. Nine trees. The crab. The lamb. And then your alibi. You say you're at home watching The Simpsons, but... They don't air that episode anymore. You know, because Michael Jackson's a paedophile. So where were you, Chris? Because I think you were dumping that body in the lake. You fool. All because of a crap you had to find the truth. You had to ruin it all. You have killed my babies, detective. <laughs> my trees were fine, of course. They always had meat to feed on. Pigeons, pig, or cow. They would always have enough nutrition. But the poor trees from the other paper factory, they were so withered. I knew I needed to give them the best so they could become supple and strong. Young. Asian men detective. That's what trees want most. Was it... Was it a sexual thing? Of course it was a sexual thing! Strangling their throats, caressing their branches. Oh, it was so overwhelmingly amazing. And I would have gotten away with it too. If it wasn't for that blasted crab! Well, Mr. Barking, I'm afraid I'm going to have to charge you uh, under suspicion of murder. Look, I don't usually do this. I have a lot of respect for the police. But I have a dollar here. Oh, all right then. Off you pop. Thank you. Oh. Don't do it again. Let me take you in this uh, okay, interview terminates at 6.08pm. Uh, suspect is cleared of all charges uh, and case is dismissed. Hello! <laughs> this is a segue. This Woo. is a segue. So this, that, welcome to the segue. Welcome to the segue. So that was, uh, I didn't do it. I didn't uh, do it. And we're very happy to have Dan here yeah. in the studio with us. Uh, How are you roommate? feeling, Dan? Yes, hello. I'm, I'm well, thank you. How, how was that reading the script for you? You feeling relaxed? You feeling rested now? It was hard work, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was the first time I ever did, like, recording in this way, so it almost felt like a cold reading in a way. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. You were <laughs> there as we wrote it, though. Yeah, that's true. You, yeah. Yeah, did, you did put in a couple of lines as well. This son of a bitch out. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think, it w obviously, the, the whole police detective thing is quite an overblown trope, but what we've discovered is People aren't bored of it because Netflix has started a new series called Criminal 
Um, Not to be confused with the song Criminal by Michael Jackson, which is, was my initial confusion. When <laughs> or Eminem. Like, uh, yeah, don't, uh, you know, he was a criminal for a point. I think he was then a drag addict <laughs> after that for a bit. Who, Michael Jackson? Eminem. Eminem. Uh, oh, well, lots of similarities. Probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. they both got problems with race, identity, you know, all those things. And, and you know. Well, yeah, except for except Eminem for didn't. Right. And, you know, molest children. You know what we're talking about. We are talking about Criminal, yeah. uh, the Netflix. So what's so nuts about this show is that there's there's four of them. There's four criminals. There's Criminal Britain or UK, I can't remember. Criminal France, Criminal Spain, and Criminal Germany. And all of them have been shot in the exact same location. <laughs> really? Yeah, all of them is the exact same setup. It's the same music and wow. it's the same kind of uh, shots and uh, the pro- the concept's the same with each episode, which is that it's just a police interview from start to finish. And we were watching it last night and we were like, well, let's do that for the podcast. That'll be fun. Yeah, police inter- interviews are fun. Are like really interesting dynamics. When, when Criminal really like highlighted to me how it's interesting because it's like, um, police investigative interviews are always just like all about power play and status all the time anyway and it was nice for us I think writing for the first time something like this because it's like a three person script which we don't we haven't done I don't think a yeah. three person script we've done two handers or we've done four people but two people three people is actually really nice to write for yeah because it started with us just sort of brainstorming in terms of what, what the charge is what's the crime what do we need to uncover and it was all I really like playing with evidence as well that was really fun for me about like the different kinds of evidence and I think it was just like we just kept saying to each other for the tape uh, DC Lewis has placed pictures of crabs and then we just thought that was really funny there's something funny as well is like it's conducive to playing with the microphones as well because the microphones is like almost the prop that you're always playing with when we do these episodes and this was like really fun to play with with the microphone a little bit as an actual prop Um, and interact with it that way and Uh, I mean the the thing with Criminal is do you do you Am I the only one that thinks it's really nuts, like that they they've got like the same show basically for different regions like an, of Europe? I don't think it's nuts. It doesn't blow my mind. <laughs> Crazy! Yeah, I it's revolutionary. Oh my God, man, this is nuts. This is nuts. <laughs> but it's interesting because each I think one has. I think it's weird. I think it's different a bit weird. tropes and different detectives with each one, and I think yeah. Why would you ju- change the location? And also, there's a huge and the camera team. There's a huge like window in the main location bit, and they've edited the surroundings of the building to have different like <laughs> skylines so in the uk one it's the view of london in the german one you can see the german like skyline, skyline. Yeah. and it's and also there's a vending machine and they filled up the vending machine with different like, with different yeah, snacks depending so on which yeah. one it is well it's cheap isn't it yeah they, can, they just need to get like different teams different writing teams and they've got the location and the set so it's like they can produce them really easily so it makes sense well, on a business perspective that you know trump you know that trump part of me is like <laughs> that makes sense yeah yeah because I, I mean it would be so quite it's not cool that nuts if it was <laughs> <laughs> i know it does make sense but it does seem also a bit it, bit it's crazy just, it's a bit, it's a bit, a bit weird insane, bit off the curve because um you kind of you kind of want more when you're finished watching it so it's you've just got more but different languages but different kind of yeah characters. it's good it's good for people to get cultured yeah. subs not dubs for life <laughs> just never forget and um yeah i think the the german one had a lot of like east west kind of conflict mm. the uk one you know they tackled a bit on immigration and like one of them was basically mm. about a group of immigrants that were in the back of a truck mm. and the police needed to find out where the truck was being held because the uh, migrants would yeah. freeze to death. The first episode's great. The first episode of the British version has got David Tennant. They're all on Netflix, so it's like really easy to check out because, you know, 
it's hard, it's hard if someone recommends something for you, but you know you've got to go digging for it. But Netflix is easy. You just yeah, flop over exactly. there. You chill out in front of the couch and put on an episode of Criminal, and people be like, oh, my God, how do you know about this? Wow. And you're like, well, well, I found out through this podcast. Yeah, the, And they'll think you're really cool. The detective probably. stuff, like the, the stuff of... David Tennant is just like amazing. Yeah, I He's just really such a good what I really love is the is the just looking at their like um, ability. You know how interviewing is a skill and the skill mm. of interviewing and those mind games. What do you think about it, Dan? Well, um, what about you like don't the have whole to interrogation thing? <laughs> my no client, comment. My client does not need to answer that question. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. What, you what mean do about you the interrogation thing or about the show? The show. I I think it's um well I've never actually seen anything like it in the way it's made just because um you do see adaptations of like different countries making adaptations of other pieces like for example um uh, the returned that French Let show. me in. Yeah. Or that thing the what was that show the one with the vampire the werewolf and the ghost. Oh, uh, yeah. Space Jam. Being, hu- <laughs> Being human. Being <laughs> oh, human. Yeah, yeah that's an American and British version, but this isn't an adaptation. It's just four completely different stories. Oh yeah, they do that in between us as well. Oh, that was a huge success. The American <laughs> in between us. Is- <laughs> they love it. They love it. They love it. They're yeah, always but quoting the it. way that they've just sort of mass produced all of them at the same time because it's uh, the the creator is the one who wrote and you know it was written by a guy and it was directed by another guy but they together owned the production company which produced um the season of criminal mm. and then they spread it out to the other regions and i mean it must be cool to pitch a show to netflix and they go we like this idea so much we want it in four languages three other shows four languages yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so i definitely recommend it i think it's probably yeah. what, it's very stellar it's very like slick and daniel craig sexy. yeah it is it's, it's a bit it's a bit form i mean i feel like it could be a bit formulaic yeah um but like the the actors they bring in it's just a really good showcase of good acting it inspired us it inspired us <laughs> us to write this there's a there's a whole episode where basically like david tennant's the first episode and he's always just going like i didn't do it and that's like what we wanted to do with dan because yeah. dan's just got such a funny voice and having him going i didn't do it i did not do it it's I'm just innocent. jokes um yeah so moving on i've got i've got a section i want to i've got uh, an, got an un- item i've got an unofficial trilogy oh cool let's hear it unofficial unofficial trilogy i'm gonna carry this on for ages no okay so the trilogy that i i have is unofficial no don't say what it is just say the film oh okay i can guess it okay so the films that i've got are american made haven't seen it no War Dogs, okay, with Jonah Hill, yeah, yeah, which yeah. you have seen, yeah. and The Big Short. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Which yeah. you have sh- seen. So, <laughs> can can you kind of can you figure out what that trilogy Do we would all be? Have Jonah Hill in? No. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it guns? Is it money? Is it about like? Yeah, all money? of them are sort of about money, but is that it's, the it's it's more. So the trilogy is drug fueled success stories that are a rip off of. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> well, is American Made new? American Made came out like last year. It's with Tom Cruise. It's the one where he's like, I'm an airline pilot and I'm making loads of money selling Coke. And they all have monologues. They all have wow. monologues going, Hi, this is how I make loads of money. So what I'm they not, actually are. I'm not Martin Scorsese, but I'm trying. What I find really interesting is it's the lineage of ripping off because Martin Scorsese rips himself off first. Yeah. He makes Wolf of Wall Street, which is just sort of a rip off tonally of. Good fellas, it's still like good, though. it's still good. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's Scorsese. He's allowed to rip himself off because that's just what he does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like okay. It's it, I feel like the place for these films to be watched are: Have you seen Goodfellas? Have you seen Wolf of Wall Street? Do you still fancy something a bit like that? 
you know, <laughs> do you still want rich people taking drugs yeah, and freaking out yeah, over yeah. money? You know, everyone's yeah. up for that. They all have like sequences of like, we were making more money than we could ever believe. And they've got like <laughs> money in their trunks and like, shit, shit, shit. And then they always have that moment, these really moments of depraved kind of like, this is completely we doing things you couldn't believe. Yeah, we because American Maid's about an airline pilot who gets offered by the CIA to start doing like weapon smuggling for them, essentially, like weapon smuggling. And he starts doing drug smuggling for like uh, Pablo Escobar. Bar and he starts going back and forth like that. There's this, there's just a, there's there's that there's a montage. I the reason American Made is interesting is because I think it's taking the loads of money like thing from Wolf of Wall Street and Goodfellas and taking it to the, like the obvious extreme where they're like he's got so much money that it's just flying around in his house and he's just like I did I didn't I had nowhere to put the money and people are opening closets and it's falling everywhere and they're like annoyed at how much money they have. And he's like this guy's like saying I was like, I just found like a million dollars and I bought a car. He's like you can't do that. <laughs> and then like War Dogs is like Jonah Hill and what's his face so forgettable War Dog is so I, I really enjoy, I didn't really enjoy no, it no but I you kind of like it, it. Yeah. you kind of like it I would recommend it you, uh, you'd weird. recommend it's War really Dogs odd. it's yeah, so odd because it's Jonah Hill it. and his mate and they start doing like web web infused like uh, weapons yeah, yeah. dealing um, wasn't there also that like other movie that we watched ages ago about that it was based on a real story the um Pianist. <laughs> yeah, so that no, is a success. No. <laughs> he is successful at the end. I love that Jonah Hill is actually like a psychopath in War Dogs. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like a... such a good psycho. Yeah, well, the, the thing that carries that, the thing that carries it for all of them, the big short War Dogs and American Made is that actually like the people, because even the, War, American Made even made me like kind of like Tom Cruise a bit as well. But like no one would come up to you and be like, my favorite film, The Big Short. <laughs> my my favorite film has to be War Dogs. Like it's like you just prefer yeah, Wolf of Wall Street or just, Goodfellas. Yeah, they're, they're always just like that's a bit like Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> cool. Well, that was a that was a, a thrilling unofficial trilogy. You I know, like this. So we do unofficial episode. trilogies are fun because I've got one for next episode actually. But but I just wonder like I just wonder how long it can go on for because there's more films like this like that are just Scorsese uh, ripoffs. What, what any more you can think of? Yeah, there's the one there's one with um, Brad Pitt that ca- that was out on Netflix which was like um he's like an iraqi soldier and that's got monologues and it's him all walking around like being like we were taking over iraq <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah is that the one that starts off with like bullets and stuff i, I can't remember anyway yeah <laughs> i think so, the pianist again yeah <laughs> <God's sake. laughs> so um i i i went it's time for my item what's in the cinema what's in the cinema everyone's gonna really like be invested in this one this is like the smash hit the number one film of the year in cinema um we've all seen it we all (laughs) all hype it's the downton abbey movie (laughs) sam went around i didn't know this was something he wanted to do on the podcast but he was like he went around and he was like, hey, Max, do you want to come see the Dan? No, he didn't even ask me. You, did, you knew I'd just say no. But he went up to Dan yeah. and, at Dan's room and was like, Dan, do you want to come see Downton Abbey with me, the movie? And Dan was like, no, I'm not today. <laughs> I'm good. So I went on my own. So Sam went to see Downton no Abbey, the movie. What sort of audience was at Downton Abbey, the movie? Um, it was only attractive women. In their twenties, <laughs> <laughs> really much. hot. No, it was like ten. People. And they were all throwing like big beach balls around. It was, it was weird. There was a young couple behind me. Were they were they like on a date? Yeah. <laughs> Did you so. ever? Yeah. yeah. Could you imagine As going I on a date out. with your boyfriend? <laughs> As they go to out. see the Downton Abbey movie. <laughs> As I came out, he was just talking. He was like, "Wow." 
I wasn't that bad. <laughs> and I was like, dead, they're dead. Their sex life is dead. I did a little dance. You pointed at them and said, yeah. dead, dead, <laughs> dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it's interesting because the guy who directed the Downton Abbey movie um, has been directing TV for absolutely years. His name is Michael Engler. And um, he, he's he been directing like Sex in the City and loads of other period dramas. But this is only his second film ever. And mm. his first one was last year. It's called The Chaperone, which is a similar period drama. But he directed a bunch of Downton Abbey episodes. So And it's written by the guy who's written all the Downton Abbey episodes. So it's written and directed by the same people who did the show. Mm. And then it's got the same sort of camera shots, the same sort of angles, the same sort of writing. So it just felt like watching an episode of Downton Abbey on the big screen. But isn't isn't that what you want? Isn't that what their audience really wants? Because when they want, then, when they made when they made the In Betweeners movie, that's what they no, did as well. No, no, it was a lot bigger. Budget In Betweeners two was, but In Betweeners one. No, In Betweeners one, they still went on holiday. Yeah, they do, but it's like it's, like, it's still setting. shot. It's still it's shot. In between yeah, I guess different. But the but the Downton Abbey movie, they have the royal family. What's the story of the Downton Abbey movie for I'm the people so who haven't seen asked. it? Yeah. So basically, if you haven't seen Downton Abbey, it's basically about a group of servants living in a huge manor and the family that live there, and it's kind of like you see both the storylines of what's happening above the servants' quarters and what's happening below, and how it's all sort of an ecosystem and how they all work off each other and how they're all united by Downton Abbey. <laughs> and basically the royal family so it's like pro-slave slavery sort really. of yeah yeah because they really enjoy working at Downton Abbey they love it it's like a family and one of, do you watch and go oh I wish I could work at Downton Abbey <laughs> is it like Dan, the film that Dan makes you feel like do. oh yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. I don't Dan, Dan when I went downstairs once and Dan was like I hate the way we court each other nowadays like, <laughs> it's not the same like everyone just like takes anyone out and it's like there's no courting anymore <laughs> proper courting and I was like Dan do you just want to be in Downton Abbey days and he was like yes <laughs> that's all I want <laughs> yeah um, so so the royal family say we're going to come and stay a night at Downton Abbey and everyone lo- losing their shit everyone's really excited especially the servants cause do you think people will, like get, get starts thinking that we're just old people because we did the, we, we, we were talking about Downton Abbey on this one and last episode we were talking about like Doctor uh, oh, Foster Doctor Foster <laughs> well, <laughs> which this is a pretty is, old you know, women's show as well I'm getting say, self-conscious though, in terms of British art like British films that are in the cinema mm. like there wasn't that many British films that are targeted towards people in our age groups. No, no. Um, so Downton Abbey is the best we got for a British experience. <laughs> Basically, I won't I won't go talk about it for much longer. But there is one thing I really wanted to tell you about because it was really funny. Mm. Basically, this is spoilers, by the way, for anyone listening. For anyone <laughs> who's invested <laughs> yeah. in the Downton Abbey movie. Basically, there's a couple of two servants who are like into each other and they're going to get married, but she's not so sure. She's a bit like unkeen, and. Um, the boiler in Downton Abbey's broken so they get a plumber and he's like a really sexy guy he's like really attractive he's like tall muscly and he keeps flirting with this girl she sounds like porn she's kind of liking it yeah and he's like he's like a bit northern he's like oh let me look at the boiler and she's just like ha 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 and she's laughing and the the guy her like her boyfriend her boiler yeah her boyfriend comes in (laughs) and he's like he's just like what are you doing here? You shouldn't be doing this. And he's like really aggressive towards him. And he's like, aren't you done now? Go away. And then he's like, all right, fine. I'm going to come back tomorrow because I need my tools. And then he comes back the next day and he fixes the boiler. And everyone's like, oh, such a nice man fixing the boiler. Really great. And he gets so angry, the boyfriend, that he like goes into the boiler and starts smashing it with a spade. (laughs) And it's like right before the royal family are coming. And he's like smashing it up. And he's like, yeah. 
That's he's, really stupid. No, and he smashes it up, and then what do they do? They just call the plumber back over. <laughs> so they just call him back over, and then he sees that he's back, and he's like, goes off and has a sulk, and he's really upset. Man's in and a he fixes the boiler making. like no problem, like there's no consequences to this at all. <laughs> and then he goes, and the boyfriend he goes over to his. Girlfriend. Well, the consequence is that that guy looks like a doofus. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes over to her, and he goes. I saw you, I saw you with him and I was so jealous that like I smashed up the boiler because I was so angry and she's like wow you really she do made, love yes. me yes <laughs> she oh, was like no. she was like wow oh, she's please. she's like wow you would actually potentially ruin a royal visit at oh Downton Abbey just because you were jealous of that's me that's so dumb and he's like yeah that's right and she's like wow I thought we we weren't alike but Clearly, we have so much in common. That makes me feel sick. That's like really that's like the way sick. I felt about uh, Matt Damon's relationships in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go away, you bitch. Oh my god, Fuck he off. punched the wall. I, I want to fuck him so badly. Well, you do really care about me. If it's you're punching a, walls and it's such a, <laughs> calling me a smashing bitch. up boilers like an immature child. It's like it's so weird that we can that trope's still around because like Star Wars is like making fun of that with like Kylo Ren because like Kylo Ren goes and smashes things up and everyone's like what a whiny little boy <laughs> like, what a child <laughs> that's what that's, it's a villain like action now it's so weird that she's like oh my god that, well to be fair that's how I got my girlfriend who I'm with at the moment we haven't got heating smashing up the boiler <laughs> <laughs> She's well into it. Yeah, but nowadays, if you call a plumber, they're not going to be that sexy. They're probably just going to be like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Don't assume that of plumbers, mate. Really, there sorry, might be loads some. of sexy I, plumbers. I, I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I knew a plumber. I used to work with a plumber at Matplin, and he was cool. Like, he used to get well, it. He wasn't all. a plumber if he was working at Matplin. Well, he used to be. No, he used to be an okay, well, he's an electrician. He, was, he used to be an electrician. That's not the same. Well, he might have been a plumber. I you're can't a plumber, remember. You're working with toilets. You're working with pipes you're working you know yeah so. well i think he did a bit you know he's a no, handyman no offense to plumbers I no mean, he, yeah because yeah. he got laid all the time yeah, I and i i hear that i hear they get it i, just, I hear they get it on i'm sorry i'm, I'm these right. electricians i retract my statement yeah, i'm sorry good i'm really sorry watch yourself yeah and not no not to wreck downton abbey too much because you know they were yeah you do rate downton abbey I too do, much do, you know it, it, it's I already mean, happened you can't <laughs> say not to that was dumb <laughs> that was really dumb um, but then when the servants lock up the royal servants into their rooms and sabotage them because they want to serve the royal family. That's that also dumb. <laughs> that that bit was pretty fun. You just want to see the royal family get messed up. Yeah, no, they were fine. They were like, they had no conflict at all. They had a great time at I, was, I just, I found out that someone in the show died oh, at have... some point. And then in the movie, they didn't even kill, they didn't, and no one no died. No one died. So you're like, where's the stakes? Yeah. Have you seen that Olivia Coleman's now going to be in The Crown playing Elizabeth? Oh, that'll be good. Mm, yeah, but never, it's weird that she's gone from the favorite to the crown. I've never been able to get behind the crown. And, yeah, I just no, don't really yeah. care about these people. Yeah, yeah, Downton Abbey, I could get behind. But the I've, servants, I've heard the loads of man. people are telling me that it is good. Loads of people yeah. are saying that the crown yeah. is paying. Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing I've been watching a lot and I've been really enjoying was a docu series called Hip Hop Evolution. Yeah, uh, which I think is litty. If Recommend. You there's like three seasons of it, and they're all really good. Um, but like, because I I like I really enjoy hip hop music. We all enjoy yeah, hip hop music. Because this new season um, went into the whole Biggie Tupac yeah. feud. 
which I thought was really great. Yeah, the, yeah, and it's, it, it's actually just such a great retrospective because the the sorry. way the way they do it, the way they structure uh, the docu series is so good because they don't like interview really big, really huge names. They they were interview some really respected artists. They get like Moss Def on and stuff like that. But what they do is they really have people who aren't as in the hip hop game like currently. Um, who had like affiliations then so you get a really good like retrospective perspective <laughs> retrospective perspective Whoa. coming at you MC, with the flame mcmb <laughs> the bard yeah that's right um what's so cool about it is like because i was talking to dan about this uh, uh, like earlier as well as that that it sort of seems to translate hit the hip-hop the sort of timeline of hip-hop into a genuine type of mythology and mm-hmm. i think that's so cool because hip-hop unlike so much you know rock and stuff has been around for so long now it's it's there's no the narrative is sort of lost nowadays i think it's all kind of together and it's all kind of referencing itself constantly whereas rap is like so relatively new as a genre that it's like and it's so character based like all the rappers have personalities and have their own backstories so when they yeah, all i mean i think hip-hop evolution has been getting down into hip-hop yeah yeah, really that, yeah I, I was really opposed i i mean i wasn't opposed to hip-hop and rap it's just not something i would usually listen to but it's changing my mind about it well there you go there you go yeah. so if you get if you have so if, if you live with if, if you live with like a soy boy theater kid <laughs> who doesn't like hip-hop and you want to get him into it you should definitely get them on hip-hop evolution but yeah i think it's really interesting seeing how it's be- it, like this feels like these feel like our greek myths the greek mythology that was around in greek times it feels like that's what we we have here because like the stories are of such like proportions it's like people coming from nothing into like everything and how that happens and so yeah, many yeah. faustian tales because it's yeah. great it's because like you would walk around the streets in certain areas in america with uh, you know large poverty black area and they just stop at any you could stop at most kids and you could say hey can you rap yeah. and they just would be able to rap <laughs> that's and what they're saying everyone's yeah. just like this is sick and then they just get like some some kid who's like been poor his whole life yeah. like, into a studio and everyone's like wow it's a <laughs> top hit and he's just like what he's been doing like everyone does <laughs> like, yeah. i mean so, obviously it's really impressive yeah. and it's, unless it's, it's r kelly unless <laughs> it's r kelly yeah speaking of which we saw uh dark, the, the dark, r kelly stuff dark documentary because we've been watching lots of band documentaries called? at the moment because me and sam have been playing around with like a script idea or like a, a short film idea that we want to make about a band basically a mockumentary, a mo- about, a a mockumentary about like a fake punk band from the town we used to come from called thanos who are like <laughs> a completely de- like just miserable and sad like bunch because we just like we enjoy making like comedy songs and stuff so we want to do something like that so we've been trying to get reference points for all these like different bands so we've seen a f- whole load of music yeah. documentaries you i really recommend the documentary on metallica the metallica documentary is insane what's it called i have uh, no idea but tell them about it yeah I can get it up. okay Matt, i'm gonna distract you yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's, is a is following metallica as they're releasing i don't know they're like 10th or 12th album and they're all just old and they're all having like constant arguments and they've got their They've got their band therapist with them all at the all the time, talking to them about how they're feeling and how to express yeah, themselves. Some kind of monster, Metallica. <laughs> some kind of monster. So, if you're a fan of Metallica, it's a very raw documentary that shows the true side to them. It was made and, in like 2004. And you will really enjoy it. But yeah. 
if you're not a fan of Metallica, which we like weren't a me, huge fan, <laughs> yeah, you will find it so funny and it's entertaining. So entertaining. Because I mean, these those guys, guys are flipping out all the time. It's so funny because you do start the documentary really thinking these guys are like weak, <laughs> like weak <laughs> ass boys. You're like, what are you doing? Like, you are so like they have so much money and they're like we're so miserable and it just doesn't feel right anymore. They're so <laughs> no, dramatic. Man, that's not Metallica. That doesn't sound like Metallica <laughs> at all. <laughs> and then they're like constantly arguing about really dumb stuff. <laughs> and they've got this therapy there, therapist there who's like, you guys got to meditate more. <laughs> We're paying him 20 grand a, a month, a day. It's just, like it's said. Just go back to this R. Kelly documentary. Because um, it's just, how, how many episodes is it? It's a lot, isn't it? It's like eight. It's like eight episodes. Is it a Netflix original? No. Or was it made for HBO? It was like it was made on a big one. No, 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 because it was like out way before what then. What was it called? Do you remember? R. Kelly. Inside R. Kelly. Inside R. Kelly, yeah. Inside R. Kelly. And it was, it's really dark. So, I mean, if you're sensitive to child abuse, don't watch it, obviously. Um, but it goes into some really dark stuff. And I think it's really interesting now because we've just had the Emmys and Leaving Neverland, the Michael Jackson, has won mm. best best documentary oh did it yeah good for Emmy so I think these kinds of like uncovering the truth behind the musician I think we're going to see a lot more of these documentaries yeah, in the future I, 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 I'm I, predicting quite like quite like in a committed way that we're we're still waiting on a docu-series to be made which is going to be exposing like Rolling Stones Aerosmith Iggy Pop and David Bowie as, and like Chuck Berry as like child predators boycott their music boycott it boycott <laughs> it but it is weird isn't it because it was after we watched the Michael Jackson Leaving Neverland documentary that we like turned to each other and like cultures died like culture from you know of this time this yeah. way we've perceived culture is dying now things are really changing yeah. and I think it is because you you know the R. Kelly document docuseries followed that but actually like there is a huge there is a huge change in culture now the power is really being stripped away Harvey Weinstein now is like you know there's a sense that actually like mass conglomerates of people are organizing themselves to be able to affect like powerful people quite substantially because R. Kelly like the reason it came out was like it was a, it was a choice of the people like the people who are protesting him and the people getting the word out like they just managed to organize themselves through social media and suddenly the guys like gigs stop stop going on they start getting cancelled he's not getting you know no one wants to make music with him anymore like the and so the guy and the guy is bankrupt like in loads yeah, of places yeah. you know he's got very little money and that's because like people have been able to like organize themselves against him it's which is insane that just, that's possible just in case you've been living under a rock some of the things r kelly did do <laughs> Oh, uh, was <laughs> he would just basically groom very young women and some you know one was 14 some were 17 but it's in that sort of 13 to 17 age range mm. young women he would groom them and he would just sort of force them to live with him and, and they, be very abusive and lock really. them up in rooms um, and then he would you know film them have, film having sex with them just crazy stuff yeah, yeah. crazy abusive stuff and then he released the last track he released is called I Admit Oh yeah. yeah, this is it. In the wake of it, he really go on. Yeah, you say. And it's 19 minutes long, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just him rambling like about how he d hasn't done anything wrong and how like people should give him respect. <laughs> and it's just this global. But he does say in there that he himself was abused as well, which um sort of t shows the cycle of abuse that does happen. It's the, it's the lineage of trauma. Yeah. How like I th you know I think like you know 
tra- trauma and things like that, like they don't exist as singular events. They exist as ripples in water. They actually keep carrying out, and either and they can get worse or get better depending on a person's environment. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly was clearly a victim of abuse and had everyone around him like not actually allow him to yeah, get look at himself. Like, he, he never he never had the chance no to reflect on himself. Him. No, yeah, yeah. And, and so they let this thing grow and grow and grow because he was making so much money. And I think this is why as well we were really drawn towards. We've been in a bit of a true crime like whole uh, <laughs> a little bit we've been into it quite a bit we've just been looking at loads of stuff like that docu docu series and stuff we were really interested in the conflict of power because we nearly made your character like really wealthy and like a famous person so yeah. we could play around with that status stuff more yeah totally yeah because i mean listening to r kelly's music now knowing after seeing the documentary it changes a lot like his track bump and grind <laughs> that's yeah he starts it off with uh i don't want to hurt nobody but yeah, there it's ain't like nothing wrong with a. Bump I mean, we never listened to R. Kelly before. The good, <laughs> the, the good thing is, is like the all the artists who are coming out who are revealed as Dodge as like people that we're fine with them being Dodge. <laughs> yeah, we've never enjoyed the music of people who have come. Yeah. I sort of enjoyed Kevin Spacey's acting, but I wouldn't say yeah. it's one of my favorite. But I wouldn't. Actors. I can't live without the I guy. I wouldn't say, like, oh, Louis. Not, okay. I mean, he's a sick actor, but it's not really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Louis C.K. wasn't cancelled though. This is yeah. the other thing as well. This is how you understand. Is like the culture of cancelling people or kind of like knowing how to you know the fact that people have understood that actually that we are kind of powerful enough to come together as a unit to sort of destroy someone's career if we want to I think it started to find it sort of more is kind of being able to respect the nuances of it yeah yeah, because Louis CK and like Ariz Azari Aziz Ansari um, like both got caught up in like the Me Too stuff, but people sort of understood. Oh, what you did wasn't as bad as this. Yeah, you can so sort of have can a career sort of back. Allow you like, to l- still do shows. L- Louis C.K. And... sort of has half of his career back. He's still retained an audience. Yeah. But like R. Kelly, Kelly, like stopped being. A, yeah, yeah. His gigs were cancelled. He was well, taken off radio. Right or wrong, you tell us, man. Yeah, email leave it in us. the comments. <laughs> email in inquiries and we'll... <laughs> at nitpicks.co.uk. Uh, if you do want to uh, give us anything, we'll happily read it out uh, and answer yeah. any questions. For uh, sure. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, I think that's everything. Is mm. there anything else we wanted to say? No, man, that was all good. I'm happy with it. Are you happy with it? Yeah, shame. I'm a criminal. <laughs> yeah, just never <laughs> stop living in the past, people. Live in the present. Live for yourself. The most important thing is you. <laughs> we will see you next week. <laughs> we love you, man. With that script that we teased last week. Yeah, we got yeah. we got George coming in next week to do it. We're going to be do practicing a piece it. Of writing. It's going to be called Mad Tony exciting. Blair. It's very very British politics. It's, so it's get, about Tony Blair. Get and ready hell. for some hard 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 political fiction. Yeah, political fiction. That's right. If that's you're right. if you're up for it. If you're not up for it, listen to it anyway because we'll chat about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, Bye. guys, and thanks, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. You're very welcome. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.